Welcome to Season 3, Episode 14 of Grace or Grit. This is a podcast intended to address difficult, controversial, and debatable issues related to the Bible and the church. I'm your host, Dave Talley. I serve as pastor at Grace Baptist Church in Herlock, Maryland. And joining me today for the podcast, once again, is my co-host, Patrick Reed. Patrick, it's been a few weeks. How are things going? I'm doing well here. We uh, we moved uh, into the city from the village, and we're just getting settled in, getting our house set up here, and uh, getting ready to uh, get our new ministry started here and established, and you know, doing some research and talking to some of the local churches here, and you know, working through a lot of things, and we're definitely excited about you know, what God's going to do out here and what the future holds. That's cool. When you first uh, really got connected with the ABWE and realized the Gambia is where, where God was moving you, this is kind of where you saw yourself ending up, where you are right now. And uh, so that's been a long wait. It's been a few years waiting to get where you are. So I'm, I'm excited for you. I look forward to hearing the reports coming out of there. Um, I hope you got my email. I sent you an email uh, letting you know that there's some preachers around here that want your reports. So that's good. I did. Yeah. I actually thought, uh, thought they were on our contact list, but I don't know. Something must have happened. <laughs> yeah. Both of these guys are uh, 70s, maybe in 80s. They're, they're up there in years. And I think um, the, the changing of email addresses might have been the issue there. I think they might have. Mm switch to a new email address. And some, some of us just keep sticking with the old address. That's why I've still got an AOL address from, <laughs> I don't know, back in the last century, literally. <laughs> but yeah, well, a lot of people do change their phone numbers and email addresses a lot. I think that was the issue here. So, but it's always good to have more people paying attention and praying for you. And, uh, Look forward to hearing good news out of Africa. Well, why don't we just go ahead and jump right into the um, discussion today to our listeners. I, I apologize. We've been several weeks without a podcast. Um, there've just been some uh, additional <laughs> elements in my schedule that have just made the podcast uh, not possible. And uh, my priority certainly is uh, pastoring Grace Baptist Church and uh being the leader of my family. So sometimes those, those obligations get in the way of, of this particular interest, but um, nobody's been calling me asking me, Hey, have you fallen off the face of the earth? Are you still alive? You know, uh, <laughs> waiting to hear another podcast. So um, I guess it's not that big of a deal. Anyway, though, today we've chosen as our topic, uh, this uh, comparison, this contrast, these two words, so the title of the podcast is Spiritual or Religious? Spiritual or Religious? Sometimes I encounter people who claim to be spiritual, but not religious. They usually mean that they believe that there is a spiritual realm that influences us or that we influence. Uh, some of them even believe that Jesus is real or that God is real or that the Bible is legitimate or that there at least is something spooky and supernatural out there, um, maybe that, that the Bible is the revelation of God to us, uh, but they're not involved with any organized religion or any church, 
and some of them are not even in favor of the existence of organized religion uh, of any sort, um, and, and they don't really see the benefit of churches. And I, I think a lot of times that's a result of some bad experience that they've had or bad reputation that some church has built that the individuals then use as an excuse to just, uh, you know, be uh, superior to that inferior group of, you know, religious hypocrites as they see them. Um, it seems to me that often this kind of spirituality is little more than a form of superstition. Um, it's, it's usually not bounded with scripture at all, uh, or if it is not accurately or not well. And I, I want to make it real clear that superstition and God-pleasing spirituality are not the same thing. They are not even really in the same ballpark. Um, so where did this discussion come from? Recently, I was asked about these two things. Uh, that is the difference between being religious and being spiritual. And the example was flipped on its head. Now, I didn't get that part of the problem initially. Um, the candidate in question, the person that that had brought it up, uh, claimed to be religious, but not spiritual. Uh, they were facing some problems. They asked for prayer. And the reason they asked somebody else to pray for them is because they said, I am religious. This person that was asking for prayer said, I'm religious, but I'm not spiritual. Uh, so if you were to hear that, if someone said, I'm spiritual or I'm religious, but not spiritual, what would, what would you think they mean? I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that. I, I know a lot of people who are religious and not spiritual, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody admit it before, I guess. So <laughs> um, maybe, maybe first I just congratulate them for being honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, but um, I'm not sure what I would think because someone who's, who's actually saying that, I mean, I, I know it. I feel like that means, but I'm not sure that's what, not sure that's what they actually mean. You know, my, my example would be someone who's religious and not spiritual might be, you know, biblical example might be the Pharisees, right? Yeah. They were religious, but not spiritual. Um, but I have no idea what that might mean nowadays. <laughs> now, see, I would actually go a, one step further with that. I believe the Pharisees were religious and spiritual, but their spirituality was not a godly spirituality, which we'll get into. The Sadducees, however, were definitely religious, but not spiritual. They didn't believe in the resurrection. Um, so they were withdrawn from the supernatural. The Pharisees actually embraced the supernatural. So they weren't spiritual in the sense that we want people to be spiritual, but they were spiritual in the, in the same sense as, you know, the witch of Endor was spiritual. Uh, she definitely believed in the spiritual realm. Um, and I don't want to, to drag out the details of this case, but uh, if I were to just prod a little bit, and I want to do this with you, can you think of any religious groups, any religious organizations that have the trappings, but they don't actually embrace the supernatural? Can you think of any religious organizations that are that way? Uh, let's see. Um, they don't embrace the supernatural. Um, so you're, you're thinking of a little different way than I was. Um, I would say that, well, I don't know. Um, oh, well, 
um, atheists. They are, uh, they have their own religion, their own form of, um, I mean, even though they deny religion, it's still a religion, but they deny the supernatural side of everything and have a scientific side of everything. I think they also have what Scientologists or something like that they're called as well. Um, so maybe them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, because I know the details, I'm not going to offer any others, but there are several out there and even some mainline groups that have bought into um basically social justice as being the gospel. Um, so there's, there's a shallow, an extremely shallow uh, head nod in the direction of the existence of spiritual things, but everything is kept material. Everything is kept scientific and experiential and moral and, and really the, the spiritual aspect of things is just not dipped into. Um, and so that I believe is actually very common. After some inquiry and thought, it occurred to me that this problem is probably as common, if not more common than the one that I um, mentioned earlier. I think I mentioned it. And that is being uh, spiritual, but not religious. So this case that we're talking about, the person said, I'm religious, but not spiritual. I usually run into people who say I'm spiritual, but not religious. Yeah, I did mention that. So let's talk about, talk about what it means to be spiritual and what it means to be religious. Here's my definitions adapted from a dictionary. Um, it's apparent that these two, two things are supposed to go together, if not even uh, perhaps even they're supposed to be synonyms or synonymous uh, or equivalents. But I find in our society, they are not. So here's the two words and their definitions. First, spiritual. Uh, defined as this. Relating to or affecting the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things. Um, second part of the definition of a person not concerned with material values or pursuits. And also in the definition was the word religious. So relating to or affecting the human spirit or soul as opposed to material. So spirituality is the idea of metaphysics, moving beyond the physical world. That's the most generic definition I can see here. And then religious, relating to or believing in a religion, practice forming part of someone's thought about or worship of a divine being, belonging or relating to a group of people who are united by their practice of religion, uh, treated or regarded with a devotion or scrupulousness appropriate to worship. So the, the words practice and um, group, um, those and devotion and scrupulousness, those words, if you start considering those, I think you begin to see how in our culture, these things are separated in the minds of most people. Uh, so to put it simply, spirituality is internal and religion is external, at least in the minds of a whole lot of, um, of the people that make these kind, kinds of contrasts in their, in their own life. So that seems to be what people are implying oftentimes nowadays when they use these terms. So I want to use the terms that way today. 
because there is a biblical basis for considering both the internal and ex external aspects of our relationship with the divine. And there have definitely been major problems throughout human history, major temptations and habits of just moving towards everything being ritual and physical and social and actually not even being in contact with the divine or even worrying about that aspect, uh, not even truly being involved with the spiritual realm knowingly, which gives the devil access, of course, to our lives. But before we delve into that, uh, we need to first recognize that there is true religion and false religion. That's a very important distinction. So even if you're talking about the externals, there are things that are approved of God and things that are not approved of God. And if you disagree with me on anything, feel free to stop me. And then there is also holy spirituality and unholy spirituality. So it's not just spiritual versus religion, but under those two under those two headings or subheadings, each category having positive and negative or good and bad characteristics, depending on which section of those two uh, things you're talking about. So you got anything to add or anything to contradict there? Yeah, I think I could agree with those definitions. Um, I, I think it, you know, a lot of it depends on the person who's saying it and everybody has their own perception of, of what that means. So you probably have got to ask some questions to find out what that individual themselves specifically means by it. But for the purposes of talking about it today, I can go by those definitions. Yeah. If we were to do some, some research, we might be able to discover that there's already terms for this. Uh, I just couldn't think of any. So if there, if there are terms that are proper that, that are properly used for people who are religious without delving into the supernatural. If there's a term for that, I'm sure there is, or at least a phrase, then that probably should be what we use or a term for people who um, avoid all traditions and organized expressions uh, of spirituality, but they are spiritual. If there's terms for that, I would want to use them. I just don't know what they would be, um, but surely they're out there somewhere. Uh, and if they're not, then that actually would be a good sign because uh, I think that would communicate that obviously God's design is that we have both, that we have true spirituality, uh, holy spirituality, and true religion, which is an outward expression of what's going on in the, in the, in the soul. Um, so that that's, you know, obviously what God would want. Right. Let's go, let's go back to the situ situation that spawned the whole conversation in the first place. Someone who is religious, but not spiritual. So they have the external expressions that we would recognize as being religious, but they do not maybe believe in angels, maybe they don't believe in the devil, maybe they don't believe in the afterlife, maybe they don't even believe that God created anything, or that the God of the Bible is true, or that the Bible is true. Uh, someone who is religious but not spiritual is someone who perhaps has a group, right? They got a, they got a label, they got a denominational title, they have uh, practice, they have rituals, they have moral things that they do, maybe they even have moral principles that they adhere to but they're materialistic in their philosophy of life. Um, 
this is a broad description and it hits many individuals, maybe not many groups, although I think that if we really delved into it, there's more groups that fall into this category than we might first imagine. But definitely there's a lot of individuals um, who are part of religious organizations, but they just reject the supernatural uh, pretty much uh, altogether. And I think to some extent, this is what my college professor would have called the zeitgeist of the day or the spirit of the age. Ironically, the spirit of the age, <laughs> not believing in spiritual things. Um, so it's an atheistic perspective, really. Uh, it's a humanistic perspective. Uh, the human race is, I believe, drawn to religion, even when we reject spirituality, which is quite incredible. Um, you mentioned the you know, religion of atheism, and they do have their own you know, tendencies, and you kind of recognize the things that they say and do and who they're loyal to and who they admire. Uh, and a lot of those things have a strong religious connotation in them. Um, uh, it's a little bit off topic here, but, uh, there, there's a fellow and I can't remember his name right now, but he's a banjo player. He's a famous actor, Steve Martin, I think is his name. And, uh, he, he does bluegrass music and such. And he, uh, wrote a song called atheists got no song. <laughs> he, he held up the piece of paper and said, this is the entire atheist hymn, hymn book right here. They got one song. <laughs> Is we don't have no song. <laughs> so anyway, so here, here's my question. What message would you give to someone who says, hey, would you pray for me? I'm religious, but I'm not spiritual. How would you approach that? What would you do? Uh, well, I think I would, I would ask them some questions like, what do they mean by that to begin with? You know, and you what, said what you would it? come in and you said you would commend them for being honest. So we got that. Right, right, yeah. Uh, I'd want to know one what what they mean by being religious and not spiritual. But I guess if they gave me an answer like we just defined here, um, that they, I, I think the problem I would I, the question I would have for them is what is the point? You know what what's the point in going through religious activities if there's nothing more than the activity itself? It doesn't even it doesn't even make sense. It's it really, it's just, to me, it's so completely illogical. I actually have trouble comprehending why anybody would think that way. I, I understand, um, you know, we look from the aspect of like um, Catholicism or, uh, or Islam, where there's a lot of rituals in it and there's not as much spirituality, um, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't like reject spiritual things. You know what I mean? They wouldn't say, they wouldn't come out and say, well, I don't, I don't believe in spiritual things. They would say they do, even though many times they just, you know, uh, are going through the motions of things, just like we have many people in our churches that are going through the motions on things, but they wouldn't deny the spirituality. So I think I would have trouble with someone that actually said, well, I deny all spiritual things, but I, I do all these religious practices. I'm religious and I do it, but I would, I would ask, why would, what, what's the point? What's the point of doing all those things? You're, are you doing them because you just like habits and I don't know, does it make you feel good? I mean, what, I, I can't, I can't really wrap my head around why anybody would waste their time doing such a thing and knowingly know that there's no spiritual connection here whatsoever. 
So if, so if I could be that person for a moment, cause I have encountered some people who have these strange walls that they've constructed in their philosophy of life uh, concerning why they do it. Uh, now, whether they would admit it or not, uh, I believe one reason is social. So they, they need to belong to something. They feel that need for uh, what we would call fellowship, right? People of a like mind that they can get together with. That's something that God created in us. You know that, I know that. And we, we have that hunger, so we try to satisfy it one way or another. And then secondly, trying to answer the difficult questions. That's what I've encountered anyway. People who have religious organizations that they belong to, but they're, but the organization as a whole actually re- rejects spiritual things. They're still trying to answer the difficult questions. Who am I? How did I get here? You know, why am I here? Those kinds of things. And their answers may be terrible, but they find, I think, solace and confidence in being in a group that agrees with them as to why we are here, uh, whether their conclusion is for our own pleasure or in some cases there is no reason, uh, which they, which some of them I think find uh, exhilarating because then they obviously don't have to fear answering to a judge someday about how they did. Um, so I think that's the one side. Right. Well, I can, I can understand that, but you know, for example, I, like I said, atheists or, you know, a Scientologist or something, they might, they might, fit that category I, I certainly think they do but i have never met a single one of them that would tell me that they're religious they would say i'm not religious or spiritual i'm neither of those things so i'm trying to figure out who is the person who would actually say i'm religious and not spiritual what group do they belong to because it's just not a group that i'm familiar with that, that would actually make that statement even though it's certainly true that atheists have their own religion scientology has a religion but they I don't know any of them that would come out and go, Oh yeah, I'm religious. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. I'll tell after we're off the air, I'll tell you what group it is. <laughs> okay. I just don't want to, I just don't want to call these people out uh, specifically because right. uh, I didn't talk to them directly. I don't know that they would listen to my podcast anyway, but uh, just, I just, I just feel like I should respect that. So that that'll be a challenge to our listeners. Y'all yeah. reach out to us. Tell us who we're talking about here. Uh, cause that's it. That's a great distinction, Patrick. If they deny being religious, even though we look at them and say, dude, you're obviously religious, uh, then that particular group wouldn't fit this. They wouldn't say I'm religious, but not spiritual. They would actually say I'm not religious and I'm not spiritual. So yeah, it's a good point. Let's talk can about, you think of a, well, can you think of another group that isn't this group that maybe fits this, that might say that, then I can make that connection in my mind. <laughs> hmm. Well, actually, I heard a speaker one time from the Church of Satan, and he basically said, you, you guys think we believe in Satan. We don't believe in Satan. We don't believe in God. We don't believe in anything. We're making fun of you guys. That's what we're doing. Mm. Which I'm not saying all those in the Church of Satan <laughs> feel that way, but that was his perspective anyway. Um, that's really bizarre. It is. It is. <laughs> to be doing something just in spite of other people that they don't like. Yeah. Amazing. You may have heard me talk about that website that used to exist. A group of atheists put it together. Uh, and the whole point of the website was um, to accept, to encourage 
rejection and blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and to receive and post videos of people blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So, I mean, they had, they had all kinds of qualities that you would clearly identify as religious. Uh, it, it was strange incredibly strange um i don't know if you had asked them are you religious i don't know what they would have said though i I really think they would have said yes we are we have the true religion which denies all that stuff y'all teach (laughs) Mm. Uh, of course there's no no end to the errors once you jump off the ship you can drown anywhere um but let, let, let me talk about the other side. So your question basically had to do with, um, you know, why would you be religious if you're not spiritual? It doesn't even make sense. But talking about the spiritual realm, um, subcategories under good spirituality and bad spirituality. Under, under good spirituality, because you mentioned Catholicism. It's one thing to believe that there is a spiritual realm. It's another thing to be involved with the spiritual realm. Do you see that distinction? Right. Yep. And I think based upon my knowledge of this conversation, I believe that this person would, um, I believe that this person under normal circumstances would deny that the spiritual realm exists. But in the fact that they were asking for prayer, I believe a wall had been broken down. Now she was admitting that spiritual realm is there, but I'm not connected with it. So you could believe that spiritual things exist, but not be a spiritual person. And what you would mean by that is I'm not familiar with how I'm supposed to cross over that divide and get connected with the spiritual realm. Um, and my guess is that's actually, if, if I were to press the ticket with this person, that's where they would say they are. Uh, I suspect something's out there, but I, I just don't know exactly what it looks like, and I don't know how to get connected. And that's a very broad category. There's a lot of people, like you said, that have rituals. They, they believe the, tr- the, the truths that are, you know, the, the doctrines that are espoused, that angels exist, that the devil exists, that God exists, so on and so forth but they're not customarily praying. They're not customarily seeing God work in spiritual ways in their life. Right. There's a, I mean, there's a big group of people. I mean, I know many of those people, you know, I know many of those people I've, I've met people that attend Grace Baptist church uh, that are like that, you know, so they, they grew up, you know, their parents uh, were, they always went to church. And so their parents brought them to church. And so that's what they did, but they never, they never really believed, um, but they do it because it's a tradition. It's what their family's always done or what, you know, what it's just, they feel like it's, well, it's the value I have. It's the way I'm just supposed to do things. Um, but don't actually have, you know, faith. Um and aren't connected to the spiritual side of things. So, Isn't that interesting? You can soothe your conscience with just relig- religious ritual and belonging. You can soothe your conscience even with just assent to a system, right? Agreement with a system 
neither one of those things are supposed to soothe the conscience. Maybe they're tools that God can use um, to give us comfort in our spirit. But it's actually the blood of Christ, which is supposed to purge the conscience, right? And that is a spiritual connection. So that's actually the only thing that is uh, effective and powerful in um, soothing the conscience and appropriate, right? And, and the, the conscience is soothed because it's actually clean um, and God is not holding anything against us. But it's interesting that Satan can use other things that are in the right direction, but not far enough in that direction. Yeah, he does that often. <laughs> if he didn't, how would all these false religions flourish? Right. People have to be convinced that this is the real deal. There's a lot of people over here in the Gambia. They're convinced that they are following the true religion. Yep. Yeah, and I don't know exactly how the Holy Ghost does his work. Uh, the Bible speaks of him rebuking the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. So it, it, almost, it almost seems like he confirms things that are in the right direction, even though they're not nearly enough, right? So if someone in, in a place of spiritual darkness and gospel ignorance uh if let's say it's somebody who lives in a in a village where everybody's a cannibal okay and so somebody in that group decides you know it's okay to kill people but it's really not okay to eat them well that's not exactly sufficient right but it's at least a step in the right direction i suppose so I wonder if what if but what the spirit, you know, it even confirms those kinds of baby steps in the right direction. Um, and and then people mistake that for absolute um, peace with their maker. You know, they get some confirmation, some peace in their spirit and they say, oh, so I'm good now. I think the, I think the spirit does convict them. And then, you know, like one of the things I see here in Islam is, you know, people are convicted. They feel like they are sinners. They are wrong. Uh, and they're not right with God, but then they don't go about correcting it in the right way. They feel like it's, uh, acts of service to God. That's going to put them in the right place with God. Um, and, they feel like they have to continue to do it. Like we just had Ramadan here um, this past month. It, it just wrapped up, uh, I think about a week ago, week and a half ago. And, you know, you have the entire month where basically almost everybody in this whole country is fasting um, all day long. And uh, even if, um, even if they're not fasting and don't believe it, they still do it just because of the cultural pressures that are on them. Really. Right. They at least pretend they are. Um, but for most of them, they feel like if they don't do this, this is their way to make themselves right with God every year. And, um, you know, I think it's just, uh, they, they do feel convicted. I think the Holy spirit is rebuking them, but it's their response to it, which is, which is not correct. Um, and I don't know 
how Satan twists that or, you know, puts systems in place to give people, you know, he can't stop the spirit from rebuking them, but it gives them an option of, well, why don't you do this instead? This would be a better way, right? <laughs> which, which likely gives them some initial peace. Mm-hmm. And I experienced this myself, and I'm not sure what to make of this. I spoke with somebody about this the other day. When I preach, so in the book of Jude, it says on some we have compassion, and that makes a difference. Others we save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. So when I preach uh, against sin, okay, when I preach against sin, I can preach a couple of different ways. And these ways I think are defensible from the scripture. Um, I can preach with warning of damnation and even anger against Satan's uh, success. Follow me. That's one way to go about it. I can also preach with great compassion and sorrow at the fact that God has been offended his law has been broken and that creatures made in his image are in trouble with him. So I can preach with fury or with tears against sin and for salvation. But here's what I've noticed. I often have the initial sense of, of, uh, of righteousness and holiness and purity and uh, God's approval and so forth as I'm speaking these things. But I will often feel reservations later when I preach wrath, when I preach judgment, when I preach angry against the devil. I have never had a sense of remorse or regret or hesitation at all when preaching compassion and with sadness concerning the fact that we we have offended God and that there are still many who do not trust him. And I just wonder, you know, what, what connection that has with this greater question. Both are true. Why would I, why would I react negatively later to one half of it, but not the other half? Well, maybe, um, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's Satan, uh, doing a work there as too as possible because, you know, maybe the, the reaction, maybe Satan's like, well, maybe if I can, I'm not going to, obviously I'm not going to pull him away, but maybe I can make him hesitate at least on, on saying some things that are true, um, or, and maybe he'll say it less often, um, because we know both of those things are true and there are times when one should be done and the other should be done. And maybe he's like, well, I can't get them on the compassion side, but maybe I'll get them on this side. So at least I can prevent half of those people from, uh, uh, hmm. having faith. I, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say <laughs> that's a possibility, but it could oh. be, could be personality related too. could be. You know? Yeah. I, I do think of Elijah every time it happens, uh, how, you know, he, he spoke so vehemently and vigorously on Mount Carmel and then had all those prophets killed. And then he sunk into depression. Right. Uh, and I don't, I can't imagine anybody saying that he did the wrong things. 
I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious that that's what God was empowering him to do. God blessed and used that in mighty ways, but there was still a, a valley that he had to walk through after that. Um, or so. maybe it's, uh, maybe it's God and he is God showing how, you know, he is compassionate for the lost. And while it is true that he is angry and, uh, that, uh, you know, vengeful upon those who sin against him. Um, he also wants us to realize that, um, you know, he's compassionate as well. And so, and he has mercy and, you know, we are made in God's image. And so maybe, maybe that's a feeling of how God feels when he has to do these things. Not that he's sorry for it. He's doing what's just and what's right, but that doesn't mean he doesn't feel the compassion and the, um, the love for people, even though he has to, you know, enact justice. Yeah. Maybe that's just part of how we're made in God's image. There's definitely a tension uh, that's presented in the scripture uh, when we read, you know, God's not, uh, he's long suffering to us. We're uh, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Um, you know, he, he, at the same time, he, there is the, the reprobates, uh, I'm borrowing that word from that book I just read. <laughs> I didn't tell the listeners. I just read the death of death and the death of Christ by John Owen. He uses the word reprobates a lot uh, in reference to unbelievers. But uh, the Bible does say that reprobates, those who um, who are in rebellion against God and without faith in God and who will remain so, that they are storing up wrath for the day of judgment, the Bible says. Uh, so you do have that tension where God is full of compassion and yet angry with the wicked every day. Um, so I guess it is appropriate that that tension exists in us. And I guess it shouldn't, we should never be happy about damnation because God's certainly never happy about it. So I, I guess we shouldn't feel great satisfaction having preached the wrath of God. There should be a, a great emptiness, I would think. Um, but it's just something I've noticed over the years that it's like, because it makes, sometimes it makes me doubt just emotionally speaking. Like, was I really supposed to preach that? You know? So. Right. I'm going to keep preaching what's in the Bible, whether I like it or not. <laughs> At least that's my plan. <laughs> the Bible says it. That's what you do with it. <laughs> Some of it's not very convenient, but got to stick it out there. How about the other problem? If someone claims, instead of claiming to be religious, but not spiritual, because that's what we addressed today, let's go back to my, what I usually run into. If someone claims to be spiritual, but not religious. So this would be the guy that, you know, you speak to at the little league game or, you know, at the family reunion, or maybe if you're going door to door, inviting people to church. And uh, they're like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't need church, but I, I'm a I'm a very spiritual man. So what do you say to them? Spiritual, but not religious. Yeah, there, yeah there's um, I, I don't know. I've run into a lot of people like that. I run into a lot of people on Facebook like that, too. Um, and I think what I found with many, many people who have that view. It's usually because you know, they've had a bad experience at some point with what they would consider religion. And, 
you know, whether it was a church that they attended or whether it was their, you know, their parents or, you know, there, there's some experience usually that they've had where it's like, they feel like, well, I should be spiritual. Um, and, and I know God exists and, you know, I want to please God, but this whole organized thing and the way those people act, you know, they're a bunch of hypocrites and, you know, they don't, uh, you know, they don't actually act though with about the same way and everything that they're saying. And they, you know, they've, they treat me poorly and, um, you know, there's all sorts of different reasons, but it usually comes down to something along those lines that I've seen. Um, and sometimes, you know, they are Christians and sometimes they're not, um, it really depends on their circumstances, but, uh, I, I've found that's where it is most of the time. So usually I ask them, you know, what's been your experience with religion and, you know, what, what's happened in the past? What is it that makes you feel that it's, you know, you, you don't want any part of it. Um, and then usually I'll talk about, you know, whether you're in a church or any other place, you have people there and we're all sinners, regardless of, you know, saved or not saved, we still have that old nature and um, you're, you're never going to have uh, a situation where you don't have some sort of issue um, when there's people around, right? So uh, it's not really an excuse though, uh, to not be part of it. And that's because God wants us to be part of it. It's something we need. Uh, we need to be in church. We need to be with other believers, uh, worshiping together. It's an important aspect of how we're made. And, um, even though it's, there are times when, you know, it doesn't go so well and people do things they shouldn't do. Uh, but it's, uh, it's still something that, um, you know, we should be participating in uh, and fellowshipping with other believers because it's something that we absolutely need. And without that, um, you know, we're not going to have the encouragement that we need to get through. We're not going to be able to serve the Lord in the way that he wants us to be serving him. Um, and we're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be effective, uh, for reaching the lost. Um, so while sometimes it's difficult, sometimes there are problems, um, it's, uh, it's a, it's something that, um, you can't just be spiritual and not religious. And if you think about what the Bible says, um, where, uh, uh, I'm trying to find a verse now I lost it, um, about true religion, um, James, I know I had it right here. Oh yeah. James one twenty seven. religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Well, we're not going to be able to do those things. We're not going to be able to, um, uh, grow and become, and, and God's not going to be able to sanctify us the way that he wants to, um, if we keep ourselves apart from other believers, um, we're, we're not going to be serving uh, those around us. Uh, we're not going to see the fruit of the spirit that we should be seeing. Um, and we're not going to see, you know, those things in our lives. And, and the Bible even says we're going to lose out on rewards, eternal rewards because of that. Um, so it is very important that we are spiritual and religious. And I don't think these two things can be separated. Yeah, not properly. Not properly. Uh, I've given a lot of thought to why it is that um, 
that so many people have this perspective because it is very common. And, and what, what would I say right in this moment if somebody, somebody said, well, I'm, I'm spiritual but not religious? I, I think some things are obvious. We need to recognize that the church is, is God's program. It's his idea. And, you know, that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Uh, this, is, this is the method he has chosen in this, in this era. Um, this is the way he has chosen to reveal himself to the world and to fulfill his purpose. Um, so that being said, why is it that so many have really rotten experiences with the church? And I think it starts in the New Testament. You look at the disciples. They were a mess when Jesus called them. They were, they were still quite a mess and even squabbling with each other and, you know, misunderstanding truth and um, having their own program of, of self-aggrandizing, power-grabbing, you know, agendas and so forth. They all had, and of course, Judas Iscariot was one of the, one of the members of the, of the group of the apostles. So right there at the beginning, they had problems. And then if you look at the epistles, you know, Paul went throughout the world preaching the gospel and people got saved. But a lot of people joined that were not actually saved. A lot of people got in on the program without actually receiving the Holy Ghost. And so, um, you know, Paul had to warn about goats and Jesus warned about that and wolves and false prophets, even among the pastors in Ephesus. He said, some of you guys are going to it's going to be revealed that you're you're just in it for yourself. So it's it's not a new problem. It's been around. And I think it's a result of the target that Jesus has picked. He didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So if he goes around saving the worst elements in society, then and it takes a while for sanctification to uh, have an impact. And then many people get dragged into it, kind of like the mixed multitude that came out of Egypt with, with Israel. They were not true followers of Jehovah. In fact, many of the Jews were not true followers of Jehovah, but they ended up with the crowd. It's no surprise that churches are a mess. And without, I'm not trying to be harsh, but what I would want to say to somebody is, look, if you really are a follower of Jesus Christ, and you really do believe the Bible is true, and the gospel is for the, for the world, then if you can't find a church that's really doing what they ought to be doing, start one. <laughs> Don't just, well, I'm not going to be a part of one. It's pretty obvious that, that the New Testament teaches this is God's program, so start one. And and do it right, you know. Uh, and I think they're going to discover that it's not so easy to keep the church going in the right direction. Is what they're going to discover. I can't even keep myself going in the right direction half the time, much less a whole group of people. Um, but that would really be my message to them. You know, be be spiritual, be religious. And if you just don't believe that any of the groups around here got it right, then do it yourself. Do it right. If you're sincere. Otherwise, you just putting on a show here yeah i think that's the case many times as well yep. <laughs> people are spiritual when it's convenient or when there's trouble right yep we we have a tendency to make excuses for what we already have embraced it's like we model our life according to our own plans and then we seek out a a system that will uh, excuse it that seems to be the way of mankind. So our message to our listeners and to anybody and everybody is 
be spiritual and be religious. Um, be holy, H-O-L-Y, in your spirituality. The Bible says, try the spirits. Not everything that is spiritual is holy. And uh, so that's internal. Be real, be authentic in your faith in Christ. And then allow the sincere beliefs of your heart to in impact your behavior. And that will cause you to be labeled as religious. And you'll do the things that Patrick pointed out caring for those who are unfortunate, loving our neighbors, ourselves, and keeping ourselves unspotted from the world, which is definitely a category in loving the Lord, our God, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Be both. Anything to add? Nope. I think we're good. We're all over the place, but we'll call this one done. <laughs> we'll, we'll just admit that we're out of the we're out of practice we're out of the habit mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah we started this during covid which i think was right about two years ago isn't it this is april so yeah it's right about two years ago when all this blew up uh, so we started this during covid and i started my my blog during covid and maybe those are symbols of covid beginning to be behind us because I haven't written in like three weeks and haven't been able to record a podcast because other other obligations and opportunities of greater uh maybe greater impact and importance have uh, been upon me so but anyway appreciate you uh taking some time out of your Af African afternoon to spend some time with me may God bless you and your family and your ministry continually say hello to shell and the kids for me to our listeners no matter what platform you're listening to this podcast on be sure to let others know about it and listen to other episodes as well like share subscribe comment review etc and we pray for god's blessings on you all and hope you'll listen again next time whenever next time is see you patrick see ya